It's an honor and a privilege to come and uh, share with you guys. Um, done all my growing up in the church here, so it's really cool to come back and give back to all you wonderful people. Um, I just want to share a bit about my year at Bethel before I get into the preach, just a tiny bit. Um, I, the whole journey started, I've, I shared this last year, but I just want to expand a bit. Uh, in 2014, I decided uh, that I wanted to go to Bethel to uh, study ministry. And um, I, the only thing that was holding me back was money and um, a fear of not uh, being able to get all the funds and everything. So uh, praying about that and God kind of just cut that fear off. And um, I decided, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to go. I need so much money, but I'm just going to do it anyway. And it was about a month before I had to leave, and I still didn't have lots of money. I had like maybe a tenth of what I needed. And uh, the Lord just really, really started to bless me in that month where I was just getting notifications on uh, uh, my banking website saying that there's money just coming in. Lots of the money didn't have any reference to who was giving it. It was just appearing in my bank account. So I bless you with that. And I thank you for everyone who's, uh, who was a part of that. I thank you so much because uh, my dream wouldn't have come true without you guys sowing into me. And I thank you all for praying for me as I've been there. Um, yeah, that's a real, real help, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart. So my first year was uh, very, very cool. Uh, I decided the reason I wanted to go to Bethel was because I wanted to, I wanted to learn the culture that they had there. I'd experienced the culture, and I decided this is the best thing, and I wanted to take it, and I, I wanted to learn it there, and I wanted to bring it back here, and I wanted to plant it here, and... Um, create an environment where the culture of honor is alive and well here, specifically in the Upper Highway area. That, that was my dream. Um, so two months into first year, probably so it's from September till around November, I thought, okay, I've got this thing. I know what the culture of honor is. I'm ready to go home, and I want to go and plant this thing in, uh, in Sarepta and in the Upper Highway area. Um, and while I was praying and thinking about like how I'm going to do this and uh, everything that's going to happen, I realized this is, I've only, I haven't given God a voice yet. I've done everything that I want to do and um, it was all good, but I hadn't given God a voice. What does God want for me at Bethel? What does God want, want to do with me here? I hadn't thought about that yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I was, uh, had to humble myself before him, and um, he started the, for the next five months to show me uh, things that I wasn't expecting. Um, he started to pull out the significance in me. Uh, he showed me who I am through his eyes because of, because of the fact that he's in me. What is the, the significance of, of me because of the fact that he is in me? And he started to uh, highlight me in the environment and give me opportunities and 
It was just a wonderful, wonderful year of just learning uh, what I carry, what my calling is. Um, Very cool year. And second year, this last year, has been a little bit of a different journey, but equally as cool. I've loved this last year. Um, And it's been all about learning how to humble myself and um, how to walk in humility, how to walk under people instead of over people, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this next year, third year, is going to be, uh, I've, I've basically finished the schooling part, and I'm going into an internship, and I'm going to be serving uh, one of the pastors in first year, going back to first year, and I'm going to be in charge of pastoring a few students in first year, and uh, serving my mentor, who will be the pastor, obviously. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what's going on at Bethel right now. And I'm having a wonderful holiday being around all you guys. And it's, it's been a really, really wonderful time. So I just want to start with uh, a story that I, I love. Bill Johnson used to, he, I think he told it like three times in second year. Um, just to start off. So, Bill Johnson has a friend um, who's passionate about ministry. And in his younger days, he was kind of just starting to preach and stuff. And he was doing really well. And he got invited to a bunch of conferences. And he, he got invited to a specific conference where he was staying at a, a B&B or something like that. And uh, the lady in charge said, just fold your sheets when you finish sleeping. Fold your sheets, make your bed, and then we'll have uh, breakfast for you ready in the morning. And then we'll have a lift for you to go to the conference. So he gets up, makes his bed, and eats his breakfast. He does. He makes his bed, and he uh, eats his breakfast, and he goes, he goes to the conference, and 15 minutes before he's meant to speak, he's been there for a while, 15 minutes before he's meant to speak, God says to him, you don't fold the sheets. <laughs> and he's like, okay, well, I can do that when I get home, that's fine. Uh, and uh, the, God says to him, no, I want you to go and fold the sheets now. So he has a little bit of a heated argument with God, and he's like, I have to speak, I have to speak. And then eventually, you know, you can't win an argument with God. So he goes, okay, fine, I'll go home and I'll fold the sheets. And he folds the sheets, and then he goes back to the conference, gets back just in time to speak. And it was just like a really strange encounter because there was nothing significant about that. There was nothing. 20 years passed, and nothing had happened. And now he's a little bit older, and he's, uh, you know, it's 20 years later, I guess, obviously. And he gets a call from his friend's wife, uh, and his friend's wife says, uh, let's call his name, Bob has cancer, he's got stage 4 cancer, 
It doesn't look good. The doctors are saying, if you have any close friends, now's the time to come and say your goodbyes. And as the lady's telling him this, uh, he says, he hears God say, if you go and pray for him, I will heal him. And um, it was kind of a shock to him, uh, but he, he was excited and he said, okay, let's go do this. And he went to him and saw him in the hospital bed. He's just got tumors all over him. He's got visible, like huge tumors on him. And it just like, looks, looks horrific. Um, but as he gets there, he lays his hand on the guy. And even before he prayed, all the tumors just disappeared. That's what it's all about. Yeah. So the tumors disappeared, and the doctors did tests on him, and not only was there no cancer left in his body, but there was no evidence that the cancer was ever there. And he was before the Lord that, that night, and he was asking, how could you use me like, for something like this? How could you? And why, why would you use me for something like this? And God said to him, because I could trust you with folding the sheets 20 years ago, I knew I could trust you with this. And I want to tell you that even though things might seem small now, Those small things can be tests for God to be using you in a very big way in the future. Are you going to make a better time? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I remember Alex preached a similar thing about making the bed, and he made the same mistake as me by not making my bed on the day. I'm making his bed on the day. Um, so... You just think for a second here. So I was just wondering, like, how, how does this guy, how, how can we live a, a life like this guy does, walking in signs and wonders and, and all, this, all this really cool stuff? And I think I just want to, this is not everything, I just want to touch on two points. Um, and first of all, so what can we do? <laughs> In the kingdom, it's not important what you do. It's not important what you do. In the kingdom, it's all about who you are and who God says you are. And we are sons and we are daughters. Daughters of God, sons of God. He has called us sons and daughters of God. He says, this, this is a few of the things he says about us. He says that we are holy and without blame before him in love. He says that we are born of him and ev the evil one cannot touch us. He says, he says that he has called us ambassadors of Christ. 
This is just a couple of the things, but there's many, many, many things that he says about us, who we are. And it's not important about we, what we can do. It's important what he can do through us. Just trying to see if I'm not missing anything out here. Um, I just want to look at a verse quick. Uh, Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6. My dad said that I mustn't do this on my phone because it's distracting. <laughs> but I'm just putting in through a little test. I'm see if you can manage with the, with the frustration. Just trust in the Lord, Dad. Don't worry. It's fine. So the verse says, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. <laughs> and do not lean on your own understanding. So it's not, about, it's not about what we do. We trust in the Lord. And always acknowledge Him. And He will make straight your paths. He will make straight your paths. It's about the path that He lays before us. We just have to walk. Okay, so this second point I'm really passionate about right now, um, which is, it's basically just humility um, and how that works in the kingdom. Um, And I want to start off this point by saying that Jesus, Jesus is the model for humility and Jesus is the model for serving. The whole gospel message, the way he was born, he was born in a, a barn. It's like the lowest, the lowest of the lowest where you can be born. He came in humble. He stayed humble through his whole life. His whole life was serving. That's the model. That's how we should live. Um, and humility and serving is the evidence of a transformed heart and an understanding of grace. So if we truly understand what grace is and we have a transformed heart, we will, we will walk in humility and we will walk uh, as a servant. Okay, so here's a, few, here's a few things that I think about, what I think about um, serving in humility. So I think it's always interesting how people, people think that uh, being humble is making yourself smaller. and um, It's almost like you're making yourself a little bit more insignificant uh, when you humble yourself. But I don't know if that's right. I think that's, I th- I think that's wrong. So I'm just going to go to Philippians 2 quickly. Philippians 2 verse 1. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my job by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish... Yes, here's the verse. Verse 3 is the important verse. 
Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, in humility, in humility count others more significant than yourselves. So the first point that I want to make about this verse is that in verse 1 it says, if there is any encouragement in Christ, and this is one of the things he says is, um, in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. So this is, this is a huge deal. Huge, huge, huge. And the other thing I want to say about this verse is that he says here, he says, in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. He doesn't say, count yourself less significant than others. He's very specific when he says, Count others more significant than yourself. We mustn't make ourselves smaller. God says who we are. We just discussed about identity, who we are. How can we think less of ourselves if God says, if God says all these things about us, how can we say anything different? How can I say, oh no, actually I'm not like, maybe the evil one can't touch me. Like, we are... We can't afford to make ourselves smaller. The point is thinking of others more than us. Because if we think, if we think of ourselves truly as sons and daughters, and the scripture says, in humility, thinks of others more, <laughs> how much more do we think of others? I mean, yeah, it's just really, really, really awesome. Um, let me get back to here. <laughs> yeah, so I just want to share another story about, this is one that Chris Vallotton loves to tell. Um, another one of the pastors at Bethel. And uh, yeah, this is one he's actually a part of, so it's pretty cool. Uh, he, he's been at this conference and uh, he's, he's been preaching like a couple of days with a bunch of pastors and they decide, um, all, all the pastors decide to have dinner at a house and they're going to just chat and stuff and see what happens. So they're all just sitting around the table and... Uh, they somehow get onto the subject of humility. And one of the pastors is saying, oh, it's arrogant to think of yourself. Like, you can't, you, you can't promote yourself. You can't... Um, uh, i trying to think of the words he would say. Um, elevate. Yeah, elevate. You just don't, don't, don't self-promote. Like, it's, it's really bad. You don't want to be arrogant. Uh, don't think that you're amazing. That's, that's some of the words he used. Don't think that you're amazing because that's arrogant, you can't, you're not amazing, like, we're just sinners, and <laughs> so wrong. Um, Chris Valentin stood up and said, well, I think I'm amazing. And all this pastor and a couple of other pastors, like, were taken aback, and like, what do you mean, you can't say that? And they had this heated argument, and like, really intense argument, and then eventually Chris Valentin was like, okay, fine, look, imagine there's a painting up there. And so there was this painting on the wall and the, um, 
in the dining room. So he pointed at the painting and he said, let's pretend that you're the artist of this painting. And the guy said, okay, that's fine. And so he looks at the painting, points it in and says, that's the ugliest painting I've ever seen in my whole life. It's the worst thing. The colors are all wrong. The lines are not symmetrical. It just looks really, really bad. And... (laughs) And then he turns to the guy and says, how does that make you feel? And uh, the guy says, well, obviously, that doesn't make me feel good at all. And then Chris says, what makes you think that you can slander and just destroy? uh, What makes you think that you can... What's the word I'm looking for? Like, yeah... Play down God's creation. What makes you think that you can do that to yourself? What makes you think that you can, you can put yourself down when God created you? You know that you're God's creation. Don't think less of yourself. You're God's creation. Let's go to Ephesians. 2 verse 10 for a second. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We're his workmanship. We're, we're created by him. So to just bring it back to the verse that I originally said, in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. So if we think of ourselves as high, how much more higher do we think of others? And I just want to speak about um, what that practically looks like, uh, which I think is serving. Because if we think of others more significant than ourselves, then I think that the automatic thing that we would do is serve them. We'd be drawn to serving them. And again, I want to bring it back to the fact that Jesus is the model for serving. His life was the model for serving. It's all about the gospel and the end of the day. So I just want to, I want to think about um, what it would look like if serving became a culture instead of just a person. If I was, if I had this serving thing completely down and I wanted to serve every single one of you in any way that I could possibly do this, and I would humble myself beneath every single one of you, but each and every one of you did the exact same thing, what would that look like? Because I would be serving every single one of you Okay, I don't want to use me as an example here. Every single one of you was serving. Yeah, and so Amy serves everyone here. But everyone is serving Amy. Every single person in this room is serving Amy. Because it's a culture. It's just like one of the, just to think about it, it's like the most sustainable culture. But I want to, it's good that it's a sustainable culture, but I want to also remind us that 
we're not doing it for ourselves. It's actually all about Jesus. It's Jesus' model. It's Jesus' model. Okay. So when we live like this, we're living the way we're meant to live because that's the way that Jesus lived. That's right, eh? So I want you to... I want you to seek the Lord. I want you to ask Him to transform your heart and give you an understanding of grace. Specifically, to transform your heart and to give you an understanding of grace. Because when you have an understanding of grace, you'll walk automatically as a servant and you'll live a humble life automatically. And so all this, this, this humility and serving and knowing who you are, I believe that this is actually the start of the culture of honor. This is what starts the culture of honor. Because the culture of honor is not created for honor's sake. It's not created for the sake of honor. The culture of honor is created to give person the chance to be the best person that they can possibly be. That's what it's for. Counting others more significant than yourselves. I just want to go to, back to Philippians 2 uh, because the best picture of this, of all, all of this is in Philippians 2. It's verse 5 through 8. It says this, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men, And being found in human form, he humbled himself. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. He humbled himself to death, even death on the cross. Now, I want to live a humble life, not because it seems like a good thing to do. I want to live a humble life because... He lived a humble life. He lived a humble life. He lived a humble life even to death on the cross. And I want to serve, I want to serve you guys. I want to serve you guys. And I want to serve him. I want to serve him because he served me by dying on the cross. And I hope that you guys want to as well. So I just want to pray for you in closing. Lord, I just I pray for everyone here today. I pray that you would you would give them an understanding of grace. And Lord, that you would transform their hearts. Lord, that you would show them what walking in humility looks like. 
and that you would show them what being a servant looks like, Jesus. Yes, Lord, and I pray that as they walk through their week, they'll just meet you more and more and more, Jesus. And Lord, we thank you and we just acknowledge that it's all about you. Amen.